This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. I bring you greetings from our pastors, um, Pastor Shola and Pastor Abi. I greet all of you this evening. How was your day? All right. Thank you. It was very fine. You see, church is a place of fellowship. Amen. And uh, the fellowship exists, as Pastor has been sharing with us, between us and God and God's people. Hallelujah. That's why the greatest commandments in that sense are love the Lord your God with all your heart. And what's the second one? Love your mommy. All right. So, um, on the one hand, you need to be conscious of God, okay? And you need to be ready to receive from God. doesn't matter who uh, is ministering uh, the, the, in song or in the word or an instrumentalist and all that. God is in all of it. The, the handshake of the usher, the... Uh, the, the, the um, Greeting of a neighbor by your side, God is, not, is in all of it. It's in the big details, it's in the small details. It's very important not to miss him. Some people come to church and their attention is just on, you know, the head of department, the pastor, you know, the word. Some people miss, okay, the praise sec- session in that sense because they just want to hear the word. They are word people. They want to hear the word, get it, and get out. You know, and the entire visitation for them for that day it's in the song ministration. Okay, there's, a, there's a, a, a man that got saved, an unbeliever, a chronic unbeliever, and a sinner that got saved because when he got to church that day, the backdrop behind the choir was blood red. All right, and they began to sing, Oh, the blood of Jesus. And he just kept seeing that blood all over the place. And he broke down and began to weep right there on the seat and gave life the backdrop. Praise God. All right, so that's why when people come to church to work, to decorate, to do things, you know, they ought to be speaking in tongues. They ought to be saying, I, 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 had a, I, I knew a person in school days, university days, an usher, who said, this was a covenant with God. I, I don't know what the, what the president of the fellowship is going to preach. I don't know what the choir is going to sing. But my covenant with God is that anyone that I shake, because it was, she was an usher doubling as a greeter, as they come in and direct them to their seats, they cannot remain the same again. That was her covenant. So she would fast. She would pray. That's how she gave her offering. That's why she, you know, gave her tithe. That's why she was serious with her Christian life. That was her ministry. It wasn't just because she did not want to do something else in church. It wasn't just because she wanted to stand and, you know, and join the road safety. No. It was because she knew that God will, can touch someone through that ministry. It was a bona fide ministry. It is a bona fide ministry. You know, if you're an ushering and all that, you should go... You should go get some materials on ushering in the church and read them. You will be amazed what people have done with that ministry. It's a praying ministry. It's a powerful ministry. But above getting materials, you should study the Word of God and be deep in prayer because that's a ministry. All right, so, but beyond that, being conscious of God in church, amen, are we together this evening? We also need to be conscious of God's people. It's very important. If you're conscious of God to the point 
if you're conscious of God to the point that you don't know the people that are sitting by your side, every time you come to church, you don't know anybody, it's just God. Now you be God, almighty God. You know be mano. I know no mano. If that's the kind of worship you have, then it, it, it becomes religion. That's just religion. Praise God. And the other way too, if you come to church and you just come to Jesus to connect, interconnect, subconnect, relate, find a spouse, a house, network, every goalpost, whatever it is, net, mosquito net, that's just place, not worship. Amen? Praise God. So we have this vertical and this horizontal thing. But it's not, it's not, it's not as if it's two things. No, it's one. It's one. If the Spirit of God dwells in your heart and His love is shed abroad in your heart, you will love Him and you will love people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want you to cast one longing glance at your safe neighbor and tell them, say, neighbor, are you here with me? Did, did, did we get answers? All right. So today I, I want to quickly talk about uh, something. <clears throat> I was a bit torn between two. I talk about David and you know forgiveness and all of that, and um, grace. Or to talk about the wisdom of fathers and sons. What I what I like to call Deuteronomy. Someone say Deuteronomy. <laughs> Deuteronomy is a book in the Bible, is it not? Yes, it's the fifth book, uh, the fifth of the first five books of the Bible. The fifth book in the Bible is from two words, Deuteros and Nomos. What are those words? Is it, today is like a teaching class. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to interact. So um, if you came here to just listen and jot and all that, I'm sorry to bust your bubble. What are the words, Deuteros and Nomos? Deuteros, Deuteros means two. It means two, it means second, deuter. I think it's uh, probably some um, Greek word for two, for second. And nomos means law. Law, that's what it means. So Deuteronomy is literally the second law, or the law a second time. What happened was that when the Israelites came out of Egypt, uh, they were supposed to pass through the wilderness in a number of days. Right, But because of unbelief, because they doubted God when they got to the promised land and they began to grumble and they provoked God, what was supposed to be a number of weeks right, became 40 years. God said all this generation, except for two, Joshua and Caleb, that believed in me, believed my word, that said I've given this land to you for a promise, as I promised your father Abraham, all the rest that doubted, everybody will perish in the wilderness. Only Joshua and Caleb in that generation entered the promised land. They entered with the next generation. When they came out of Egypt, those that were less than 20 years were the only ones that entered the promised land. Everybody from 21 and above did not enter. They died in the wilderness. But when God was giving Moses the law in Exodus, the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20 verse 1, I am the Lord thy God, and so on and so forth, right? Those guys were still teenagers and children. They did not really receive the law. So when it was 40 years later, someone that was 15 years old then, plus 40, was now 55, full-grown adults, they were ready to enter the promised land, and God needed them to hear the law a second time. It's the same law. That's why you find that many things in Exodus and Leviticus, right, are repeated in Deuteronomy. Praise God. It's said to be one of the most favorite books of Jesus. 
because he preached it. He quoted out of Deuteronomy more than any other book in the Old Testament, apart from the Psalms. When he, re- when he, when he replied to the devil and said that, the, that, the, that it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord, he was quoting Deuteronomy, I believe Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 4, something like that. Let let's have that, Deuteronomy 8, 4. You know, he, was quoting, he quoted Deuteronomy several times, I think about 11 times. You know, he really loved that book. So it's the law is second time. It's a very important book. It's important. Verse 1. Verse 2. Verse 3. Right, that's it. Deuteronomy 8, 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that, that what? Man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of man. It's a very wonderful book. I was shocked when I discovered that the word of faith, when Paul said in Romans chapter 10, that the word is nigh thee in your heart and in your mouth, the word of faith which we preach, don't say in your heart, who's going to ascend to heaven to bring Christ down, or who's going to go to the deep to bring him up, but the word is nigh thee in your heart and in your mouth, the word of faith which we preach, that if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth that God raised from dead, you shall be saved. I was surprised to find out that Paul was quoting Deuteronomy. It's in Deuteronomy 30. Moses said those words, but he did not add, if you believe in your heart. He just said, the commandment that I command you is not in heaven, it's not in hell. He was quoting, it's a very powerful book. Praise the Lord. You know, and I want to tell us why this evening, you know, just four reasons. It's important that from, from, uh, from youth, but then at a certain age, the, 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 the fundamental things that makes you a child of God, a man, a woman, you begin to impart it to the younger generation. You begin to impart it, right, to your children, to your nephews, to your nieces. Don't just say this is the age they are living in. It is not the age they are living in. When we were growing up, the age we grew up in, yahoo.com, was not the age that our parents grew up in. When our parents we're growing up. There was no, there was no email. There was nothing like that, right? But not, when they saw us saying some things, I can't forget when I was the first time that my sister, I was about four or five years old, and she said bastard at home, and my parents said what? Everybody just pointed to me because I was the one that taught her. Said that's the, that she heard it from him. Oh, that that night was not funny. You know, they did not say that this this, this generation we don't understand it. No, uh, it was uh, if for Jualafia, they they gave us. They gave us five-fold ministry. Sit down there. It, it, it was discipline, and we are the better today for it. It has now come to our turn, and we are just, we just look at them and just say, you don't understand this, you don't see this generation, don't understand it. you don't understand them. It's true. In certain things, you find a child of four years old, four years old, pick up your tablet and start doing things in it that you've not done yourself, Right? They are, they are better, they better apply themselves to new technology because their brains are still forming. You know, they, they can adapt. You, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, some of these are elderly people that are in their 50s on Facebook. Sometimes they make you laugh. You know, everything is in caps. My dear son! Right? So we know that they are better adapted, but they have knowledge, not necessarily wisdom. They know things. They are intelligent. They can be 
You know, they can be clever, but wisdom is not intelligence. Understanding is not intelligence. Intelligent people rarely do well. If you count anybody in life that you know did well, at 30 years ago, there were 10 of them like that. Only 1 out of 10 survive. In fact, people that have talents and gifts tend to take things for granted. Things like hard work and diligence. Someone has got to teach them. I'll never forget my experience in the hospital some years ago when there was this particular lady who was always getting beat, beaten by her husband. You know, she would beat her. She, she, would, she would come to the hospital to get treated. Would not treat her. We say, let the husband come here so we can see his face. You know, and he'll be ashamed and so on. So one day she, she came to the hospital and, and in the fight she had pulled out her nail. I don't forget. And I was asking her, that, why would you allow this man to be keep doing for? And then she came with her two daughters. They were schooling abroad. And she told me, that this, this is the reason why. I can't really support them. Just have, just have two more years to go, then I'm going to leave this man. You know, she was staying with him so that, because if I leave him, she, she, he will cut off their education. So I was really interested. When they were dressing her and, and all that, I began to talk to the two ladies. I was astounded. They were schooling in, they, they, they were schooling in London. What they knew was amazing and fantastic. They were like this and that, you know, this, that, that, you know. You know, some things were wise, some things were, were you know, stupid. You know, like I had another friend like that, a 14, 15-year-old girl who was having abdominal pain. The mother did not know what was wrong. Brought her to the hospital. My stomach is paining me. My stomach is paining me. I told the mother, you see, from the way I'm looking at this thing, this lady doesn't want to say what it is. They were very close like sisters with her only child. You know, I said, please, can you just, she was 14, a minor. The parents supposed to be in the room. I said, please, can you just go out? When the mother went, I said, okay, so what's the matter? She said that she told me that she told me that she has a crush on Justin Bieber. That's why her stomach was paining her. But her flies in the stomach. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This was 2015, 2014. Utter stupidity. That kind does not go out. Listen, listen to me. That kind does not go out by gentle counseling. Setting connecting combos that should have been visited at a particular were missing. I'm, you're laughing. But, but a 14-year-old, when I was 14, I knew what I was at 14 years. I couldn't have come out with that kind of stuff when I was 14. No, I got saved when I was 12. I was already preaching the gospel. I was, you know, I would talk and the elders in the church would say, are you the first, are you, you know, something like that. Are you the first in your class? Are you a prefect in your school? At 14. She was having a crush on Justin Bieber. We will now say, Liva, you don't understand. You say, we understand. There's someone who should have spelled out the same thing that God gave us in Exodus and Leviticus has failed. We are failing the younger generations. By the time those two girls finished wowing me and talking to me about all kinds of things, then I sat them down and began to tell them certain things about life. When the mother was done with her dressing and she came back and said, let's go home. They said, mommy, we don't want to go home. We are, we are enjoying this conversation. She started calling her friends one by one. Yeah, getting out. Are you people still talking? We are still talking. And this time they were, they were listening to me. I was the only one talking. I spoke to them for almost a one full hour. Because I knew I might not see them again. And they said, thank you, sir. And they left. Full of intelligence. Full of, 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 of you know, and all that. But that does not mean that they have wisdom. Praise God. So I'm going to tell you very quickly in the next eight or nine minutes from, from the Bible. We may not open the scripture for, for time's sake, but I want to get to all four of them, right? The reason why it's important, why Deuteronomy is important. The first one is found in the book of Exodus. The Bible says that Moses was coming down from a mountain. Is the, is the story of the golden calf. How many of us know that story? All right. He was coming up from, from the mountain, and um, he met Joshua along the way. And he said to Joshua, Joshua, there is a 
there is a noise coming from the camp. That's Exodus chapter 32. Moses went up to the mountain to talk with God. And as he went up, when he was spending days, he spent 40 days there. When he was spending days, the Israelites came together and said, ah, This Moses that brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Let us make ourselves a God that we can see and we can worship. And they gathered all their gold together and they made a golden calf. They began to jump and dance and began just like what they've seen in Egypt and all that. God told Moses, Okay, so Moses, left, and Moses, was down. Moses came down and said to Joshua that, Joshua, I'm hearing a noise in the camp. Joshua said, It's the sound of war. Must we look at this thing today? How many of us know that story? Okay, Joshua said, It's the sound of war. Moses said that I don't hear the sound of people winning a battle or people losing a battle. What I hear is the sound of merry making and partying. It is not the sound of war. Moses knew what was going on, not because Moses was older, but because Moses had revelation. On the mountain, God has already told Moses, stand aside. Let me blast these people. Because they've turned aside to other gods. Let me destroy them. He said, God, your rep will suffer. They will say that because you couldn't lead them into the promised land, you destroyed them in the wilderness. Please, let me go and talk to them first. Moses that begged God went downstairs, broke the, the, the stones of the law, put it inside, ground it, is it ground or is it grinded? You know, and put it in the water and forced them to drink it. And then told the Levites, if you are on the Lord's side, come to myself and start killing people that, someone that was begging God. Man is more terrible than, man's wrath, sorry, man's mercy is more terrible than God's wrath. You didn't hear what I just said. But Moses had a revelation. So God had already spoken to Moses. So Moses knew what was happening by revelation. There are certain things that God has revealed to people. He's not going to reveal it to anybody else again. If you're going to get it from God, they're going to get it from those people. If you don't know how to align with those that have gone ahead of you, what God has placed on the inside of you may never see the light of day. It's not just about, you know, church ministry. It's about all areas of life. One government may say that these people, they are stupid. They are clueless. Vote us in. Let us get... When you get into that kind of clueless government, the first thing is go and ask the clueless president. Augusta, waiting, waiting, exactly waiting happen for this corner, be that corner for Sambisa. If you don't do that, you will soon discover that cluelessness is generic. Praise God. Second example is the example of Samuel and Eli. Samuel and Eli. I believe that that's in First Samuel chapter 4. Samuel and Eli. Okay. First Samuel chapter 3. It's, very, it's a very well-known story. The Bible says that Samuel was a boy, young boy. He laid down. He just started serving in the, in the temple, in the, in, the, in the tabernacle of meeting, right? And in the, he just, he just kind of gave him to God as she promised. I said, Lord, if you give me son, I'll give him back to you. So he was now a priest. And Eli was the old priest. Eli was not doing so well. His sons were wayward and he didn't really care about them. He didn't give them the Deuteronomy. You know, he just allowed them. They were sleeping with women in the, in the temple and all that, collecting bribes. And God told him, Eli said, <laughs> whatever, man. 
So God said, I need a new priest. You know, so God put Samuel. Samuel laid down to sleep as a boy, and he heard God calling him, Eli, Eli, Samuel, Samuel. He got up, and he ran to Eli. Eli said, nightmare, go and sleep. Samuel, Samuel, he ran. Number two, even when you have revelation, sometimes, this time God was not speaking to Eli. Like, you know, God spoke to Moses, not to Joshua. Are, are we together? But now God was not speaking to Eli. God was speaking to who? Even when revelation comes to you, sometimes before you can recognize what revelation actually is, you need to listen to the person that has gone ahead of you. Praise God. I, I, I have heard that several we, girls, ladies, and boys that swore that I, I would never be like my mother, I would never be like my father, ended up being exactly like them. There was a surgeon, I, I think I told this some time ago, there was a surgeon, there is a, well, I had a teacher who was a surgeon in school who was teaching, heart surgeon, he was teaching one day, and his son was in the class, and he was teaching, and he turned around, and he said to his son, his son was a chain smoker. He said, smoking will kill you. Smoking will kill you. Smoking will kill you. That was his own son, though. He was a medical student. He was a surgeon. He was teaching. I had a teacher. He didn't, I wasn't in that class. That was years before I got to school. But we, the story was very popular. And the whole class started laughing. Why was the whole class laugh, laughing? Because if the son smoke, can smoke one pack in one hour, the father can smoke ten in one hour. He was a surgeon, but he was a chain smoker. The class boss started laughing. People loved the man because the man was generous with marks. <laughs> how, how many so how many marks do you think I should give you Sir, 6 over 10 <laughs> I will give you 9 and a half over 10 so people really loved him of course I won't mention his name at some point someone might have said in fact I'm going to go and read law I'm going to go, and, I'm going to go into IT he became, a, he became a medical student that means he was going to be what a doctor he might even do surgery and he became a what a smoker praise God when you despise your parents, despise your boss, despise the pastor you're serving under, you cannot amount to much. The, the first step in releasing what God has given you is to acknowledge them. Acknowledge that, okay, they might not be doing well now, but at some point in time, they did something that made me to be able to stand here today. Praise God. All right. Joshua could have said to Moses, boy... A man, oh God, you mess up. That's why you know they enter promised land. Just come out. Just come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. Come out. May I carry this will enter the promised land. Joshua will have ended. Number, number three is the story of Jacob and Esau. Maybe I'll stop here. Number three, story of Jacob and Esau. You know, Jacob and Esau, we have Abraham, we have Isaac, and we have Jacob. Every time we want to call them, we say Jacob and Esau. But Jacob was not the firstborn. Esau was the firstborn. It ought to be Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Even when you read in, in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob dwelling in tents as heirs of the promise. Where, where was Esau? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It means they lived together at some point in time. And we know that because Abraham had Isaac when he was 100 years. And Abraham died at 175 years. And when Isaac was 60 years, he had Jacob and Esau. By that time, Abraham was 160 years. And he died when? 175. So when he died, Jacob and Esau were 15 years. So for 15 years, Jacob and Esau saw Abraham like this. But Abraham was 
a shepherd, a nomad. He will carry his cattle and his... Israelite headsmen. He will carry his cattle and his sheep <laughs> and be going up and down. Isaac was a shepherd as well. Jacob was born. He, he saw Abraham shepherd, Isaac shepherd. He said, you know, shepherd. Esau became a hunter. Esau said, I will go and catch a bush meat. So when Abraham, Isaac, and we're talking in the, in the parlor of the tent. Esau was looking for antelope and his father liked it. So what happened? When Abraham, the old Abraham, was talking to the younger Isaac about the, the covenants that God spoke to him about, the deep, that deep night, that dark night, when God told, God told him to divide animals put them, and, and a flaming torch passed through, all those deep promise from Genesis chapter 12 onwards Jacob was listening Jacob was listening Jacob had understanding Jacob had wisdom Esau had talent the Bible says that Isaac loved Esau because of the meat he used to bring home he had talent, he had knowledge, he was clever if IT was hunting Esau was writing code Esau used to come to church once in six months Covenant. No university. What's covenant again? He did not know what covenant was. He did not know what birthright was. So when he came back from hunting one day, and Jacob said, he said, I'm hungry, give me this food. And Jacob said, before I will give you food, send me your birthright. He said, what's which one is birthright again? <laughs> I said, I'm hungry. You are not hearing me. What's birthright? Is it the, the bath that they used to bath for us when we were born? He did not know what birthright was. He did not know the covenant of the firstborn. He had no idea. You hear some Christians say, who, who virginity app? Who this one app? Who that one app? They don't understand spiritual things. Things that you will do and God will say, I'm going to make a covenant with this person and their daughter and their daughter's daughter, even if they are wayward. For your sake, I will watch over them. And I will bring them into this house and give them this inheritance. Someone say Deuteronomy. Say, Father, let your word, your ancient word, be greater in me than anything that is going on in the world in my time. I declare that I am a child of God, rooted and grounded in the truth before anything else. I am a believer. I am a Christian. The wisdom of Christ at work in me. In the name of Jesus. I am ten times better than my, my contemporaries who are, who are walking in the wisdom of this world. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.